to the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Chris Gorez. We are here again, Chris, Indianapolis, the Combine. We're back after, what, a three-year hiatus uh, and excited to be at the Exo Suite. Uh, we have Araya, one of the nutritionists, or sorry, dietitians, dietitians. That, that's a very important distinction, uh, which yes, uh, she will explain to us coming up in just a little bit. But uh, Garrett Kendall, uh, who is, I, I, you have a very long fancy title, but you are basically the head of physical therapy at the Phoenix location. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I think you said the me- physical therapy manager yeah performance physical therapy manager at our phoenix headquarters so So. close yeah it's long it's long you're good you're good you're good okay uh so this is obviously a crazy week for you we very much appreciate a few minutes of your time uh how do you approach this week with all the guys here managing a lot of different individual care plans and making sure that through all the the very not just crazy schedules but crazy schedules that are in flux a lot guys get yanked in a bunch of different directions how do you make sure that at the core they get the treatment they need to perform their best in in the on-field training and and feel their best as they go into all the other aspects of this week yeah i think first is is flexibility that's kind of what we have the ballroom set that we do so we're available at any time and every time the athletes have free time which is not often so i think that's the biggest thing and and communication obviously we have our coaches our, our dietitians our, our our pt staff as well so making sure that across the board if i'm not in here that it, you know i'm being let know hey when your guys showed up and we just kind of roll with that as, as, as opposed to just kind of making sure we're super available for these guys when like you said downtimes are very minimal throughout the week so gotcha first of all uh zach tabrani says hi oh you nice know, told yeah. me to make sure uh nice give you a little shout out nice love that um, yeah yeah we love zach too he, he, he was helping us out over in our Virginia location and oh, now he's yeah, yeah. on to bigger and better things and hopefully we'll have him back yeah. at some point. That's awesome. Um, but just going into kind of what, what's happening here at Indy and you said being available and obviously as you said you're the head of all of this so mm-hmm. part of your role is to make sure that the people who are on your team are ready, mm-hmm. are ready and available. So what are the things that you're, what are the messages you're relaying mm-hmm. to your team of trainers and your team of physical therapists? So yeah, actually, uh, we actually are bringing all of our managers from each facility. So I'm one of, of three that are here. So I think the biggest thing you said, as far as make sure that everybody's on the same page is, is we, we try to make sure that we're not doing anything brand new this week. This is not the week to change things up. Guys have been training with us for eight plus weeks sometimes. So the, the quote is the haze, in the, the haze in the barn. We don't need to change things up. Right. We're just here to support as best we can. Hey, a guy comes in and wants specific thing, make sure they're feeling good. Honestly, from a health standpoint, from a mental standpoint, I mean, if you change things up the week of the draft, you know, that could put people in a weird headspace. So what do you need? What, how can we best support you, you know, to make sure you're as successful this week as you can be, you know? Yeah, one thing that we've talked about a lot over the course of the how many years have we been doing this podcast? Five, six, whatever it's been. I think we're coming up on six. Um, is the periodization that happens over the course of an off season? Yep. Uh, you guys get screwed when it comes <laughs> to the combine because, like that phase zero where you're just taking assessments and corrections and all that kind of stuff coming off of a season, mm. like cool, cool story, bro. Like you have eight weeks to get guys through that and then ultimately in peak performance right. for this testing in february so from the pt side how are you making sure that you are both getting the corrective and and you know fixing whatever guys have it knocks whatever out of a, a college football season and also working them towards peak performance as fast as you can yeah i think it's a lot of it is, is management of stress you guys like you said guys coming off season banged up beat up kind of hit the the reset buddy button on their bodies kind of make sure hey can we start building the performance that we need if guys are 
are hurt and kind of banged up, that's that's hard to do off the bat. So make sure when guys come through the door, okay, what do you need support-wise from us to make sure that you're able to go through the full program and really get and top-end results. And then there's always the, the bowl game throw in there. So you guys have got guys heading out, come back beat up. How do we recharge them again within three to four weeks of the combine? You know, So I think a lot of it is management of stress, recovery techniques to make sure that guys are able to come back in every week and keep the, the throttle kind of pushing. Right. I want to kind of deconstruct the events here at the combine because I know that's what we do from a training perspective, right? We take a look at the 40-yard dash and we deconstruct that. We need great hip extension. We need great <clears throat> hip mobility. We need great dorsiflexion to get into a good starting position. Um, another one that we, we do is like when we take a look at the 5-10-5, we need great hip internal rotation, right? Yep. So yep. can you go through, let's say, like the 40-yard, the 5-10-5, and maybe another one of your favorites and, and what's like from the PT perspective, hey, I know I need to work on this to improve my 40 start. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a very complex question. I think what you, what you said there. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing for us is when guys come in is, is doing a full body assessment. Where are they lacking? I think, yes, from a 40 standpoint, dorsiflexion, hip internal rotation, hip extension, I think are all paired together in a sense, right? If you're producing force or absorbing force on those activities. But where does the athlete need to be pushed? What are the small, low-hanging fruit that they need to be addressed throughout the program? And then communicating that with our coaches to make sure that we're on the same page of what we're seeing on the field. So, hard question, I guess, to answer as far as what they need. But yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about getting out of cuts, they need great hip, hip internal rotation, they need great thoracic rotation. Also, at the same point, when they get out of the cut, they need great hip extension, great hip external rotation, right? To be able to produce the force into the ground. So, I wouldn't say there's like a specific one size kind of fits all kind of approach the biggest thing is hey when guys come in what are their deficits how do we treat those and how we make sure that we're tracking that progress throughout the program to make sure we're actually making change for them not only in the weight room but in these kind of corrective sessions within PT one of the things that I find fascinating about the PT world compared to the strength conditioning world is like you know he's got guys that he's training for pro days right now mm -hmm. and, and hopefully they get drafted and they, they take the things they learn from him to the NFL with them and you know, the routines of getting your body ready for a workout, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, a lot of people think of PT is like, Oh, that's, that's what happens on the table. Like I can't mm -hmm. do that on my own. Mm -hmm. So how do you make sure that guys get what they need to take with them? Obviously they can't take manual therapy with, I mean, I mean, now they can more than ever with like the guns and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But some <clears> of the things that you're trying to achieve and whatever version that they can take with them into their careers or even to the warm up before the 40, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, when they test. Yeah, I think it comes down to two things, education and, and buy-in. Uh, it's really easy to an athlete to say, okay, you need to increase dorsiflexion. That means nothing to them. You know, right. They may not have the background. They don't understand what that means. How do you relate that to them of, hey, now you're going to be able to get angles that you can't achieve, which means you're going to get in and out of your cuts on this 5-10-5 a lot more aggressively. That makes your time go down. Okay, great. Perfect. That sounds perfect for me. Right? So I think it's educating on why this is important and then kind of showcasing them across the program hey, this is what we do, this is how we're measuring it, and this is how it gets better. It's really easy to say, okay, we're, we're going to work on this, but if they're not seeing results, then they don't really feel like they're really improving. So be able to showcase that over the course of the program, that these things are getting better. Not only are your times going down, but your ankle dorsiflexion is improving, your hip internal rotation is improving. And we're actually seeing that on the field, and the results are coming down from the times that we're seeing out there. So, 
Gotcha. So as the head of all this, I want to ask a, a, a very difficult question. I know that this is going to be very individualized depending on the person, depending on a lot of different things, right? But when you take a look at somebody's initial assessment, when you're taking a look yeah. at their initial measurements and what they're lacking, this and that, and then you also take into account, hey, like we're putting you through two workouts a day, six times <clears> a week. You're doing position-specific work. This is the most that you've ever trained, ever will train, mm -hmm. right? Your body's going to be stiff. like, And then you remeasure things, and maybe they're not you're not gaining anything maybe you're not losing anything mm -hmm. what's the hierarchy or the prioritization of of what we're trying to gain is it and again i know this is a mm. tough question yeah and I, I who better to ask right is it hey we're producing more force or we're gaining more mobility like what's where do you prioritize those things yeah so uh i think first of all is how well they move force production should improve as the weight room gets pushed on them as, as, as the course of the program goes on. The funny thing is you'll start seeing some of those numbers go down from how much force they're producing because they're getting put in the hole throughout the whole program. The goal is to kind of put load on them and put stress on them in a short period of time. That takes a toll on the body. So you'll see numbers kind of dip down towards the end of the program. But that's why we have an important taper at the end to make sure they're ready for combine and feeling fresh coming out. I think from, from PT side, our, our side is, is more of not preventing injuries, but how do we mitigate these injuries from happening in the program? How do we keep people sustained in the program so they can see the max results on the end? That comes down to monitoring, I think, from a passive and active range of motion on specific segments we're looking at. And then kind of tracking specific things, I think, for us as far as things you're going to see the most. Soft tissue injuries, hamstring strains, groin strains, pec strains, things that they're going to have to push themselves on throughout the program because it's an important part of the actual NFL combine pro day pro process, I guess. All right. Last thing for you. What's yeah. one thing you wish people understood or knew about your job that whether if like, even if they're fitness professionals, but they're not in the PT world or even in the performance PT world that they, they might be surprised by. Yeah. Uh, I think it for perceptually, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a great job. I love the, the things that I get to do on a daily basis. The biggest thing is relationships personality what can you bring to the table that way i don't you know in my opinion I don't, it's great to have the the most knowledge but if you can't convey that to an athlete and show them why it's important you can't create relationships you're not gonna get the buy-in you want and the process itself kind of think is slowed down garrett we appreciate the time thank you man awesome appreciate you guys the train with the best podcast is brought to you by momentous and chris i remember when momentous was just a company with three protein blends and then right that was that was it now Pretty much anything in the supplement game, you can get at LiveMomentous.com. That's right. If you go to LiveMomentous.com right now, you might not even recognize some of these products. And for me, I'm definitely going to change my monthly subscription. I've been getting the Brain Drive. I've been getting the Elite Sleep. I've been getting the Collagen. And it looks like I need to up my game a little bit and take a look at some of these products like the Alpha. Yeah, no doubt. And what's great about Momentus's website, uh, which you can go to right now, livemomentus.com, is that they also have a lot of descriptions and information on best usage, best practices. It's not just like, hey, here's all this stuff. It's like, hey, are you looking for this? Well, then you should get that. So any supplementation needs you may have, they've got you covered. And it's, it's stuff that, like, look, if you, want, if you want the four-hour description on what Tangat Ali does, you go to the Huberman Lab podcast. They got you covered. That's, that's not us. But it might be something that you need. So go check it out. And here's what we do have for you. We have a discount. LiveMomentous.com. Use TWTB at checkout for a special discount. TWTB is in Train With The Best at LiveMomentous.com. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku. And we've been partners with Jaku for basically a year now, Chris. Can't believe how much the time has flown by. 
and it's still just as spectacular as it was when we discovered it. It's plain and simple. Good, reliable timing on your speed drills, on your multi-directional drills. You know, how many of us who are speed coaches just need a good, accurate time out there to verify, one, the results that we're getting, and two, the trends that we're going in, right? So this is a great product for, for anybody who is a speed trainer or anybody who works with athletes. And now you're even able to track vertical jump, which is such a valuable tool when you're taking a look at somebody's program. So make sure you check out Jaku. And Craig, what's the code that they should be using? You go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. You get a 20% discount on all Jaku products of the muscle blasters and everything as well. But yeah, I mean, I used to always love coming down to Onyx, testing my vertical on the Vertec machine. Now, now I don't have, even have to do that. You don't need a, a big, giant, high ceiling to, to have a Vertec and be able to extend it up. You just put the Jaku on your wrist, set it up. There you go. It's all cell phone app based. So go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. Get 20% off the Jaku Speed and all other Jaku products. The Chairman of the Best Podcast is brought to you by BlazePod. And Chris, what's so great about BlazePod is you can use it in every part of the workout. You can use it to help warm up. You can use it in kind of your main parts of the workout. You can use it as a finisher. What's your go-to recently with BlazePod? Yeah, for me, what I love using BlazePod for is just keeping our athletes engaged. So, you know, you, you can get into the rut of the workout where you're doing time sets. If you've got 30-second plank, a 30-second wall sit or whatever, but if you add BlazePods to that, now that 30 seconds doesn't seem like it's so long, and it keeps the clients a little bit more engaged, a little bit more motivated to perform well, and it's something that just adds a lot of fun to the session. No doubt. Uh, we could all use uh, a little attention for our inner child. And who doesn't love stuff that lights up? And oh, by the way, it's an elite training tool, the best of all worlds. And of course, we got the hookup for you. Use the code TWTB at blazepod.com for 15% off your order. That's TWTB is in train with the best for 15% off at blazepod.com. Continuing from the NFL Combine on the Train with the Best podcast, Craig Hoffman, Chris Gores, and we have Araya here, one of the dietitians for excess, not nutritionists. That's what I was just told. So what is the difference between a dietitian and nutritionist? Educate us all before we get into your specific uh, dealings here in Indy. Yeah, so essentially a nutritionist, you guys are nutritionists. You can get a quick certification online. There's no background education. There's no hours that you need um, to accumulate that. But a dietitian actually has to go through four years of an undergrad degree. Um, starting next year in 2024, they'll actually require a master's degree. Most of us wow. do already have it. And then you need to go through two, 1,200 supervised hours. Um, so it's usually about a nine-month-long, it's called a dietetic internship. And then you sit for a registered dietitian exam. So it's like a national board exam. That yes. is a lot harder than an online <laughs> certification. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not just saying, hey, uh, hit your macros at that point, right? <laughs> um, now, in, in specific to combine training, obviously, weight management is a big thing for these athletes. Some mm-hmm. of them are trying to gain weight. Some of them are trying to lose weight. In addition to that, they're working out harder than they probably ever have or ever will. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are some of your key indicators or what are the things that you look for when you're assessing an athlete and then coming up with their plan for training 
Yeah, absolutely. So when the athletes come in, um, I sit down with them for about like a 30 minute um, evaluation process and kind of just go through their current dietary history. So anything that like they're currently eating, so whether they're eating three massive meals a day, they snack in between, kind of keeping with their habits um, and then also the content of the foods that they're eating. So if they tend to be just like a they eat red meat all day long for every single meal, um, or they have one vegetable serving a day. I'm looking for things like that so that we can increase those and just help their overall performance, but also their overall health as well. Um, so everybody's individualized. The meal plan, like you mentioned, we still do the custom calories, the custom macros, um, but we're looking into the deeper the deeper connection with that. So what's the quality of the food that they're eating? Are they going to In-N-Out every day? Are they going to Whataburger? Anything like that? Or are they cooking their meals? Um, what are they cooking with? So looking for any nutrient deficiencies as well in there. Well, clearly In-N-Out versus Whataburger depends on whether they're training in Frisco or the Phoenix location. That- no, we actually do have Whataburger in Phoenix. Oh, there you we go. We do, yeah. They're like right across the street from each other in some places. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get into that now, but that's uh, <laughs> that's a thing. We'll just put it yes. that way. Um Let's even take a step back from that. When you talk about like, you know, since we're going down like the weight path here, right? Because managing and hitting the right weight for certain positions is obviously something that scouts look at. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you determine what is the right weight for a player to maximize their performance and also maximize what uh, NFL teams might be looking for for them? Yeah, so there's a lot of different components that go into it. Most of the time, guys and their agents will come in and tell us what weight they want to be at. So whether they're gaining or losing, they're just like, he needs to be within this five-pound range, um, ideally when he weighs in at Combine. So that's kind of the starting point that we have. Um, We do then actually bring in a separate team um, to do anthropometric data on them and get like a muscle-to-bone ratio. Um, That will tell us if their frame is big enough to hold as much muscle as they do have um, in terms of like an injury standpoint, that kind of thing. We do body composition tests. We have the DEXA machine, gold standard. So that gives us, of course, like the body fat percentage, but then it also gives us, again, their bone mineral density. So we can kind of check for anything there as well um, because while they might want to gain weight, we need to keep their body composition still relatively low so that they're not gaining the bad weight. And what are you doing to to monitor their workouts? Because especially at Exos, you know, they're working out two, maybe three times a day. Um, what are you doing to calculate for what they're using or losing in a workout or throughout the week? Yeah, so um, Exos is very integrated. So I'm con- in constant communication with the PTs and the coaches. So if someone, they're all doing two times a day training but if they're also in PT and they're training essentially three times a day they're also doing position work Um, it's very individualized but we're all in constant communication we have at least like once a week meetings um, during the combine season so we're going about that like hey when does the intensity of the workouts ramp up when does it kind of start to taper excuse me Um, so talking with the coaches on that as well um, but again, like I said, everything is individualized. So there are certain equations that we can utilize to be like, hey, this is essentially what you would be burning in a day. Um, and then we add in their activity factor based off of the workouts that they're doing. So when we program for especially for like large groups on the strength and conditioning side of things, like there's kind of the no pun intended, but like meat and potatoes of it, right? Like mm-hmm. there is a baseline level of like every program is going to include some version of these things. Is that the same on the nutrition side where as you literally tell them like, all right, what foods you want to eat or you know, come up with a diet plan? Do you have templates that you are able to go by? Because individualization, it's, you know, at least for us is tweaking off mm-hmm. of those plans and, and really like form fitting mm-hmm. a template for you. Is it, is it a similar process? Very similar. Yes. Yeah. So it's nice because, um, 
during combine, they get all three of their meals from our respective kitchens. Um, so they get to choose what they're eating and the kitchen essentially gets their calories and their macro counts for each of those meals. Um, but they, they're adjusted weekly at the very least, um, depending on how their weight is trending. Because again, everybody's different. Everybody puts on weight, everybody loses weight differently, whether you do it quickly or slowly, it kind of depends. Um, but yes, essentially we do start out with kind of like an overall template with the type of workouts that they're doing, the intensity, the duration, all of that. And then we kind of go from there based off of their position, their body weight, their size, all that. Cool. So let, let's fast forward to Indie Week now, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're training at Exos and it's like you said, it's great because all everything is controlled from mm-hmm. your kitchen, right? But yeah. now we're here in Indy, and everybody flies in, and they've got their crazy schedules with meeting with coaches, interviews, sponsors, agents, all that other stuff. What are the things that you're doing here in Indy to help keep the guys fueled, mm-hmm. make sure that they're ready to perform at their, at their best, and then, you know, obviously take take into account all the things that they've been doing leading up to this week. Yeah, absolutely. So Indie Week is definitely tough because even just from the flight alone, a lot of the guys come in either dehydrated or they haven't eaten all morning. Um, So we have an entire nutrition suite. It's massive. Um, And we've got snacks, we've got sandwiches, we brought in like waffles this year. Um, We can do like soup, everything like that. We also meet them at the airport when they're landing. Um, So a couple of us will go, we grab like snack bags for them because we know as soon as they land, scouts are taking them right to wherever they're going next and who knows when the next time they're gonna get to eat is. Um, So we pack them with a ton of snacks and water and electrolytes just to keep them hydrated or rehydrate them from that flight and then keep them having something in their system for the rest of the day. Um, As we all know, like the day of medical, they can be in there for two hours, they can be in there for eight hours. You never know and you're not going to know until you get there. So we also recommend either the night before they're going or the morning of to come in, just grab a massive bag of snacks, sandwiches, whatever they may need, just as more of like a just in case. Like, hey, you're sitting there, you haven't eaten for four hours, like now you have a bag here. Um, I have heard that they just give them cookies and cupcakes and stuff at the hospital, so trying to avoid that. I was going to ask what's in that bag, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. not, I'm, I'm guessing it's not Fritos and Oreos. Right. No, it is not. So we've got peanut butter and jellies. We've got um, fig bars, protein bars. Um, we give them a couple of water bottles, some electrolytes. We give them protein powder if they want to dump that in the water. Um, we give them, we do give them sun chips, just a little, little nice little treat there. Um, and then we have like that's it bars, which are basically just dry dehydrated fruit bars. Those are really great. Um, and then some fruit as well. So we're trying to keep them relatively healthy, but at the same time, um, it's also still about getting the food in. So if we gotta do what we gotta do. I'm sure uh, many people listening, uh, I certainly feel this way, are like, I need an Araya to follow me around all the time <laughs> with snack bags and tell me you should eat this, you should not. So which actually leads to a question of, mm-hmm. these guys are not gonna be under this kind of care from someone like you mm-hmm. for very long. Like this is a very short window leading up to Indy. Um, you'll continue training them uh, through their pro days typically. Some of them will come back in the off seasons, but it's just, it's different. Mm-hmm. So how much of this, to use the old analogy is, fishing for them versus teaching them how to fish like how much Mm -hmm. education work do you do with these players so that as they grow into their careers they have the skills to take with them into the nfl to continue to maximize their performance maintain or lose weight as they need and and ultimately fuel hopefully a long and fruitful nfl career 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, I'm not going to be with them all the time. And I kind of try to, I try to tell them that from the beginning. I'm like, you have everything here. You're getting three meals a day, two shakes a day. The only thing you're responsible for right now is your night snack. Um, and a lot of them do take advantage of having me and like, I'll get a FaceTime at like 10 o'clock at night being like, hey, I'm hungry. What can I eat? Um, that still reigns true for some of, some of our vets as well. Um, but trying to educate them along the way. So they'll come in a lot of times and be like, hey, I'm losing weight when I'm supposed to be gaining weight or vice versa or whatever's happening happening and we kind of just adjust and they're like oh I need more protein and so then I ask them like why do you think you need more protein they'll give me whatever answer and then I'll kind of educate them on that as well like hey actually if you want to put on weight we're going to try to increase your carbohydrate and your fat um, it's not you're not going to put on weight from eating more protein and kind of just educate them along the way they take different supplements like pre and post workout at Exos as well so educating them like why are you taking these pills why are you taking this drink um, and just helping like keep them educated and keep them understanding why we're doing what we're doing so that when they do leave, they at least have a little bit more knowledge than they had when they came in. What is the most disappointed you have been in? You don't have to name names. <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Um, if, if for some reason the athlete hears this, uh-huh. they can know and have that on their heart. But like I have a, a friend who got a FaceTime from one of uh, his or her teammates. Mm-hmm. At some point, we were out to dinner and they were like, should I eat? Yeah. And the friend of mine was like, yes what do you have? And it was like frosted flakes was all they had in their, their mm-hmm. cupboard. So like, what is the most disappointed you have ever been in getting an athlete call and be like, well, what do you have available? And then you're just like, Oh no. I get a lot of calls. So this is not just an, a one-off time, but being like, Hey, I'm at in and out right now. I'm in the drive through. What can I get? And I mean, from then you're just like, Oh my God, what, what can I do? Like, here do they have yeah (laughs) Yeah. aside from that like do you have like do they have a grilled chicken sandwich option like a lot of times what i do tell them is they'll stress about like if they're going out to eat like if their agents are taking them out to eat and it's like two weeks to indy um i always say nowadays you can find anything at any restaurant like even mcdonald's has salads now um so it's just about the choices you're making i usually give make them give me like three options that sound good to them and then we'll dive into there and be like okay well I would recommend these two, so pick from one of those, or I don't like these two. You've got the third option. Um, But yeah, definitely some in and out stories. Well, I have a lot of respect for what you do. I mean, obviously, I I personally feel like you've got the hardest job because you're fighting cultural habits, bad Mm -hmm. habits, right? Like, guys know that when they come to a place like this, they're going to work out, and they're Mm going to work out as hard as they can for twice a day, two hours a day, whatever. But it's that 24-7 of monitoring what they eat. And they're mm-hmm. fi- you're, fighting, you're fighting mom, you're fighting dad, you're fighting history, you're fighting all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. what you're doing for these players is amazing. And it's, a, it's, a, an, incredible, it's an incredible thing that what, what you guys are able to do for these athletes and getting them ready. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually where I wanted to end. Um, I, in my personal stuff with like more gen pop clients and my wife uh, has done a lot of work in the eating disorder space and, you know, making sure language is, is appropriate and fighting back against some of those cultural toxic things around food. Um, as you encourage athletes to, to fuel and as you talk to them and, and try to build good habits, like obviously when you're talking about things like weight management, like those are very sensitive topics. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you... And this is something we could probably do an hour podcast on you mm-hmm. with and something I'm sure you've studied quite a bit um, is the, the many years of undergrad and, and yeah. 1200 hours, et cetera. But like, how do you make sure you're building positive relationships with food and how that relates to exercise with these incredibly high level athletes that many people probably look at as like the, 
the goal of aesthetics and performance and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And unfortunately, disordered eating, eating disorders, that's still very prevalent in the sports world, no matter what sport you play. Um, So trying to build the healthy habits starts from just like one little one little thing. So I usually recommend I say 80 20 rule. 80% of the time, I want you to eat for your goals. Eat the food that you think is going to help you get there. 20% of the time, just eat. So whether you're someone who has like a massive sweet tooth and you want to have a dessert at night or you want to have like a whole pizza, something like that, every once in a while, that's okay because that's what keeps it sustainable. Um, In terms of weight, I always ask them, hey, have you ever been at this weight before? And if they say yes, great, okay, then maybe we can get there. They say no, I say, okay, well, let's start here. Like, let's let's lose five pounds, see how you feel there, and then we'll go from there. Um, Because if you're... If your goal is to lose 20 pounds and you're at 50, you lost 15 pounds and you feel terrible and like you can't move, you don't, you feel like you're eating nothing, then that's, that's not benefiting anybody. Your performance is not going to, not going to increase that way either. So it's just little things. I am a very big proponent of balance and moderation. Um, Everything has place. Every food has a place in your diet and lifestyle. So it's just making sure that you're getting them in the correct amounts um, and spreading them out as, as much as possible. All right, this was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.